بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ألهمنا مراشد أمورنا وأعذنا من شرور أنفسنا Allah Tabarakta has made this world that this is not Jannah itself but this is the garden to get Jannah. This is not the fruit, this is the farm to get the fruit. There are some individuals who work very hard on this farm and thereafter that fruit that comes out that is the result of their efforts. And there are some times where the farmer he has to use some other methods some other machines, in today's time they call it fast produce. In fast produce, that fruit grows faster than it ever thought it could grow. That poor chicken who needed time to start growing, he's given one pill and he just goes poof. Before he knew it, he's already ready to be slaughtered, but he became big. In the world that we live in, we call all of this here artificial, but you can understand how something can grow so fast. And in the world that we live in, people like that, that you grow very fast. In farming for the year after, there is also two methods. One is the method that me and you would love. It is called the method where I get my Jannah, but I see no difficulty before my Jannah. It is a method which we were told that continue asking Allah for afiyat. That Allah must not test us. And it is one that we would always love. That I get the best of this world and I grab the best of the year after. And Allah knowing our condition said, you continue making that dua. Atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana. The best of both the worlds. You continue asking Allah for afiyah. And thereafter there is that second method where the farmer just presses it into auto. When you drive your car, sometimes you understand what that means. That you're supposed to only go 120. But sometimes when you're getting late, then you say, I'm taking the risk, and you just press it down and it goes into 180. Because you're late to get to where you have to get, you said, I'll take the risk. There are some people who Allah has written for them such a level in paradise. Such a level in paradise. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said so high it is that with their own actions they will never be able to reach that position. Almighty Allah to ensure that they get what he has decreed for them. At certain time in their life, Allah afflicts them, either in their own body, or in the family around them, or in their wealth. And with the affliction, Allah rains down upon them the quality of sabr. That if anyone else had to see that condition, he said, I don't know how you manage it. 
He rains down so much of sabr that that individual starts flying at that speed of 180. The narration says he continues traversing, traversing the levels until he reaches what Allah has written for him. Upon reaching that level, if Allah wants, then he takes away that difficulty because you reached where you reached. Or Allah at that time takes the individual himself away. But not before you get where I wanted you to get. There are certain times in life where a father needs his son to get to a certain position. The son not understanding that the father is nothing but love in and out will even say to the mother, why is daddy so cruel? And when the mother says to the father, a father is like that who will say that you also won't understand and he also won't understand. But the demand of my love for him is, I need him to reach where he has to reach. This world is a world of a farm to get a certain result. No one will know what Allah has written for that individual. And how Allah had to make a road for him to reach it. Everyone would love to be the father of Yusuf salam when Yusuf salam became the king. But they forgot Yaqub salam had to cry also for so many years before he saw his son as the king. Many a time a person will come and say, make dua for my child, he must be the star of the future. Yusuf salam had the dream where he said, oh my father, I saw the sun, the moon, the stars. Everything fell in sajda in front of me. Yaqub immediately said, Oh my son, don't tell your dream to your brothers. He already understood that for you to reach where you have to reach, it will mean I will have to separate from you for many years. For a brilliant future, sometimes you sometimes need a difficult beginning. For a brilliant future, sometimes it's needed a difficult beginning. There was a time, the most I can remember is when I was small, one brick thing came through the window. That's all I can remember of the town that we were in. One brick came. And as that whole window collapsed in front of me, then I remember my father pulling me out of the room. And I was too small to understand, but after what I heard about was that that town which we were in was like a, he said it was like a diamond field for him. For his occupation, that was the place to make money. And when that brick came through that window because of some riots, he had to make a decision, we'll have to get out immediately. And the next town that we went to, I was still small, so I would not understand That in that next town, my father said, whatever he made in the previous diamond field, he lost everything. He lost everything. So he said to my mother, I'll have to go now look for something else. So I wouldn't even remember that when I was young. But how much of worry he had at that time that everything was happening and then everything collapsed. Everything. And then he came where he came to Heidelberg and he found a place and he settled down there. And he also said, but it was never like what that first place was. Never. But he said, but had I not reached where I reached, 
we would never have met those ulama who we met. And had we never met them, perhaps we would never have ever thought of ever enrolling in a Darul Ulum after that. So three boys would never have become alims if that one brick never go through the window. And if one person's diamond field never collapsed to the ground. And he never have to go searching for his sustenance, worrying who will look after my children. But because Allah wanted knowledge to enter the family, there had to be some difficulty before that. So today perhaps people who suffered will cry. And may Allah make it that tomorrow you are the one who is saying, Allah, what a thing you did in my family. Had it not happened, I would never have seen the diamond coming out. There are certain friends, I mentioned this in a few programs, especially one, but a few in this last two or three years, so many people have had dreams of their children being in the mighty army of Islam. So many people have... My wife had this dream, the moon has come out from her womb. The womb, the moon, the full moon, the full moon means the symbol of Hidayah. Coming out of the womb of that woman. I told that person that the day your wife falls pregnant, inform me. Recently he wrote, my wife is pregnant. Certain dreams were seen by people in South Africa, which you will think like, these are the people who will stand with the Mehdi one day. So one friend, his family had a dream, and it was also a unique dream of the boy, what is going to be. Unique. I even said to him, the day I meet this boy, you must introduce and you must say, this is that boy. I want to make a special salam to him. Because the dream showed what a boy is going to come out. There's a unique future written for a lot of families. After that, in that same family, a lot of conditions came. A lot of conditions. And they got surrounded by every side, meaning whatever was an open door of, ever, of income which you could never think can close so fast, one after the other, all closed. All closed. And he said to me, my father is like, just stunned. Stunned. So that night after he spoke to me, I'm sitting and I'm saying, Allah, what is your system like? Because I went and I met them and you'll never think the collapse can come so fast. So I was just thinking that what is your system? And that old dream came to my mind. The old ring. I could not say to it to the boy that for you to get the future of a Yusuf salam, you had to have the beginning of a Yaqub salam also. That when Allah had written so much of khayr kathir for your family, there had to be a journey towards it. When a position is written in the year after very high, very high, very high, then Allah brings afflictions which makes the person fly to that position. When a position has been written in this world which is very high, very high, very high, then Allah will also make a road for the person to get to that position. You might today be crying about what happened. And in 10 years or 20 years or even 5 years times you will say it was perhaps the best thing that ever happened in my life. We will never understand the divine wisdom of Allah but in it is the good and good upon good. 
I mentioned this incident in two of the programs I went to. When I was coming on the way, I asked my brother Mawlana Imran, that if you can prepare a couple of things and we can make it into a book, that people can read, especially who are going through. So he's still busy preparing. When I stopped in Heidelberg, I told him, whatever you got, just give it to me. So amongst the few pages that I read, one that insisted me a lot, and I mentioned it a couple of times, Luqman al-Hakim, Luqman the wise, we say alayhi salam, but he was not a Nabi of Allah, but extremely wise. So he said to his son that when the difficulty comes, then accept the difficulty knowing in it for you is good from the beginning till the end. So his son said, oh my father, in evil or difficulty, how can they be good? In difficulty, how can they be good? So Luqman the wise said to his son to explain this to you and to show you a proof for it that a Nabi can do. So there is a Nabi in a nearby area, a Nabi. Me and you will go to the Nabi. And we will say to him, this is the issue and you give us the proofs and explain to my son that he cannot see goodness in a problem. So they set out on their donkeys and as they carried on the journey, the journey became longer. And the donkey which normally doesn't become tired, became tired. And the water and food is getting less. They got off the donkeys and said, we will move on foot. And now when you're noticing night is coming quicker and you're in the middle, middle of nowhere, you will get attacked by an animal, you start running. As they're running, his son's leg, the foot, hits on a bone, jagging out of the ground, so his foot goes through that. His son falls unconscious, Luqman the wise turns back, he grabs his son, puts him in his lap and he starts crying. As he's tearing, one tear falls on the boy's face, he wakes up. And he says to his father that now you cry. You're the one who said only good, only good. He said, now what good can ever be in this? Because if you carry on now, because you're not injured, you carry on and I'll remain here and die. Then you will live the rest of your life with this depression. How could I desert my son? And if you stay with me, you're going to die with me. And while his son is saying that, then he says to his son, this is the tear of a father. It's natural I will cry for you. So people who have been afflicted by this test, I say to you all, cry. Because if Luqman the wise could cry, you can also cry. But at the same time he says, but I can guarantee you my son, that there is some goodness that has been written in this either for me or for you or for both of us. There could have been a bigger calamity that was coming and Allah stopped it. And as he says this, they see a person in the distance running, turban is white, jubba is white. And as coming closer, closer, disappears. Then they hear a voice saying that, what did the foolish boy say? This entire narration is to teach me and you. When you will go through a difficulty, don't be the foolish boy. Be Luqman the wise. That cry and at the same time say, I understand in it is goodness from the beginning till the end. Although I cannot understand where the goodness is. 
said, what did the foolish boy say? Luqman says, who are you? He says, I am Jibreel, the angel of Allah. So he says, what did the foolish boy say? Now because the boy never says something very good, Luqman the wise did not want to repeat it, because it's like angry with Allah. So all he said is, if you are Jibreel, then you definitely know what my son said. There's no need to repeat. He said, what are you doing here? He said, I got no work with you all. I was sent to this village in front. And I was told to sink the village. And before the command was given, come in the ground. I got the news that Luqman and his son are rushing towards the village. So I said, Allah, will you make their journey longer? Will you make the journey longer? That they do not get where they want to get. So the donkey that got tired was because of Jibreel's dua. Otherwise the donkey doesn't get tired. And that bone sticking out was because you running still. So the bone said, I'll still have to stop you. Said, had you all reached where you wanted to reach. And the decision was made, sink. Then you and your son would have also sunk. It was in the kindness of Allah that he said, I'll hold you back. He said, as for the bleeding on the leg, then he rubbed his hand over it and the bleeding stopped. He said, as for food and drink, he rubbed his hand over it, it came back again. He said, these things come and go. He said, there's your animal, they also go and pick it up, the donkey's got strength. He said, you can always carry on on your journey, but you were saved from being destroyed in the place of punishment. You might wonder what could be worse than this. There's one word which I can say which is worse than it all. And it was happening at very fast speeds in many of our affluent Muslim communities. It was called the jump towards Satanism. You might not believe it could be happening in your houses. We know it's happening in many houses. There are certain times where we just say, we're pulling back, we're not going to talk now. Because the child or the husband or the wife has gone so deep into that den of working with the devil, we do not want to take a chance. Gone, gone, gone. There was a time when we said, atheism is hitting everyone. That atheism has become a joke, it is now satanism. Where in the house a man who started in the maktab has reached a level where he is saying, one night he is saying to the devil how he loves him, how he adores him, how he... And the next night he is saying to Allah, how evil you are, how cruel you are. And when the family are hearing what they are hearing, then the poor wife knows that her nikah is not even on. Qiyamats are happening in houses. Shuraih, a very pious man of his era said, whenever a calamity comes, I immediately say, Allah, I thank you. May the people who have been afflicted in this jamaat here, or whoever is hearing, you also say the same. Allah, I thank you. He said, Allah, I thank you that no matter how big this is, it was not bigger than this. He said, I thank you that it was not bigger than what it is. 
Then he said, Allah, I thank you. That there are very few people who have been given the gift of sabr. You gave it to me. This is a gift. I thank you for the gift of sabr. He said, Allah, I thank you that you allowed my tongue to say, Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. And finally he said, Allah, I thank you that when a test came, it took away my dunya, it never take away my deen. It took away my dunya, it never take away my deen. There are those families who got the wealth of the world, but they saw their children just slip out of iman. The wealth of the world will never bring that child back in. So an exam is not a punishment. An exam from Allah is we taking you towards a future. At the end of the exam, the result is so unique, so unique. But for you, your children to become the Yusufs of the era, perhaps Allah wanted you to have to have a beginning of a Yaqub. So that is the first, that do I fall in a depression? Am I completely lost? Is this the end? Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ihras ala ma yanfa'uk. That always be desirous for what will benefit you. So be desirous for a good wealthy life. Be desirous for ease for your children. Be desirous I can get something for my family. Always. Wasta'im billah. Continue saying, Allah help me. He said, don't ever become ajiz, helpless. That you say, you know, it took me 40 years to put this up, immediately change your sentence. He says, Allah, there's a verse of Quran, where the people who did not believe in resurrection, said, how will Allah bring the dead alive? So Almighty Allah said, then who started it in the beginning? So to bring it back is more easier. By Allah, there's no word called more easier. By Allah, everything is easy. But it was meant for me and you. A certain friend, when one of his businesses, or it was his only business, went to the ground, and he was like lost. Hazrat Shah Hakim Muhammad Akhtar Sahib, Rahimullah, at that time when he contacted him, one sentence he said to him, he said, that Allah who gave you the first time, can easily give you the second time. Ask Allah. That Allah who gave you the first time, can easily give you the second time. Ask Allah. The devil will say that this is the end. A believer will say, by Allah there is no end. The devil will say, how can the dead ever come alive? The believer will say, my Allah makes the dead alive. The devil will say, the land is finished. Have you not seen what has happened? The believer will say, Allah sends the rain. Every autumn and winter becomes a spring and summer again. And the next episode could be even more beautiful than the first. Wasta'im billah. Don't ever be ajiz, helpless. Then Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٍ and if something hits you, knocks you, if something knocks you which you never expected, 
He said, don't ever say, لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ لَكَانَ كَذَا وَكَذَا He said, don't ever say that, oh, if only, if only I had done this, this would have happened. If only I had done that, that would have happened. He said, don't ever say that. He said, this word, if only, it starts the devil making work on you. This is what he wanted. An easier example, many of the people in front of me must have gone to Al-Aqsa. And with what passion the people of South Africa go to Al-Aqsa. On the borders of Al-Aqsa, those police that are there, and majority of the time it's women. Their job is just to hassle and to trouble. They already know they're going to let you in. But they like our South African police cops. They, they want the bribe at the ending, so they'll take you 20 hours like. In the ending, he knows from the beginning, he's not going to charge you. There's no place in the jail. Those people know you're putting you into. They're going to let you go. They can't stop you. But they'll continue troubling, troubling, troubling in the hope that I must break this person's resolve. That after today he'll go back to his country and say, I'll never go there again. That's what he wants. And it irritates them when they see the individual come back the next year again. And when he comes back, he comes back with his coffee also in his flask and his one book to read. Say, this book I never read it for years. I got it. And he puts his musalla and he sits. He says, when you're going to call me, call me. And he takes out his coffee. To be able to make your enemy angry, and to make your Allah happy, that is the job of every slave. The devil loves to see a believer becoming frustrated with Allah. Angry with what happened, why it happened, how it happened. And Allah loves to see his believer. What was Nabi Ayyub salam's exam? His exam was when the devil said, Ayyub is yours Allah only because things are going well. Ayyub is yours only because things are going well. If you take away from Ayyub, he will no longer be yours. And Almighty Allah said, Ayyub is mine, whether things are going well or nothing is going well. The exam of Ayyub is the exam of many of the people of this province. And to be tested like Ayyub is not a punishment. It's difficult to say it, but it's the truth, it's an honor. Ulama have written, Allah tests an individual according to how much Allah knows my servant can manage. Allah tests an individual according to how much Allah knows my servant can manage. And he says to the angels, you will see my servant will come out unique. The angels become amazed. The devil burns. Nabi Ayyub salam had a palace. He had the wealth which was coming from every direction. He was the host of every guest. He had children which were all unique. And when Almighty Allah said an exam will come, then everything went. That palace which was his palace, the roof of the palace fell onto his children. That very house which he saw, this is my house security, that whole thing took away his family. Everyone gone. 
All the wealth gone. All the friends gone. And then that body that you got, that gave up. They write like what you call cancerous cells started eating. Body became like rotten from the inside. The hardest, hardest, hardest which Allah, may Allah never take our exams. And may Allah when the exam come, let us never fail. Ayyub salam's exam was not an easy exam. Hardest is when he had to see his wife who was the granddaughter of Nabi Yusuf alayhi salam according to some. When he had to see her having to become a domestic worker so she could earn to look after her husband. She would go to make khidmat of somebody else's house. Cleaning the house so that her husband could... Because he could not do anything. They write after 18 years. After 18 years the wife complained. That will you not make dua to Allah. That change this condition. After 18 years Ayyub salam said I feel shy. That that Allah for 70 years who only gave me is. I feel it's only fair we wait 70 years then I ask. Me and you will never be like that. We were told, now start asking. Now start asking. Then when he saw his wife's condition, a few other things, then he lifted up his hands. Why did Allah make mention of Ayyub salam? And it never stopped there. Almighty Allah mentioned then we, that very Allah who allowed the devil to take the exam, that very Allah says then, فَكَشَفْنَا Ma bihi min dur. The difficulty on him, we now pulled it back. Commands come from Allah and ease comes from Allah. The one who says, I don't think this ever will stand. I will say to you, definitely it will never stand with your own work. But look to the heavens and think of the Malik, the Rabb of Ayyub فَكَشَفْنَا مَا بِهِ مِن dur. We removed it. وَآتَيْنَاهُ أَهْلَ We gave him his family, we gave him double that. We gave him his wealth, we gave him double. Almighty Allah mentioned it to say, and this is how we deal with our servants. And this is how we deal with our servants. That individual who lost everything today, look up to the skies like how Ayyub salam looked up, and may Allah make it that you will find gold and silver raining upon you. He found after that, it fell, gold started coming down. Gold started coming down. When Almighty Allah opens up His rains, unique rains come. But before those rains come, and I will mention now these few points that I wanted to mention. What is the way forward? The first is if you are in an exam, you always look front. When you look front, you will look like a prince whose father, the king, said, My son, I love you so much, but you are meant to be a king. I cannot continue keeping you in luxury because someone who always is in luxury cannot become a king. He says, My son, all of this is yours. But for you to be a king, I need you to first learn how to suffer. If you are going to be a king, you have to understand what is hunger. If you have to be a king, you have to understand what is mercy. 
If you are going to be looking after others, you have to know what it means that you are once upon a time looked after. Because that worker, that boss who never worked, no one likes him because they say he doesn't understand what's happening on the ground. The king says, my son, I love you so much, but because you meant to be a king, I will send you in another land. And in that land, no one is going to pamper you anymore like a prince. No one will even know you, the prince, except you. He says, as long as you remember you are a prince born to be a king, whatever difficulty will come to you will be like no difficulty. He says, my son, in the land that you will go to, there's a mountain. That is the gap between my land and your land. Whenever things are very difficult in that land, I want you to sit down and look at that mountain. And say to yourselves, behind the mountain is my kingdom. But for me to reach as a king, I have to go through this exam. Because without learning difficulty, I cannot be a king of the future. When that boy become, goes in that other land, he goes like a prince. But the difference between him and the one who doesn't know he's meant to be a king is one got a dream, the other got no dream. Two of them will go up the hill getting water, come down the hill, go up the hill, down the hill. A day will come where it's extremely hot. His friend will take the two pails of water and just throw it to the ground. And say how unfair life is. But the prince will sit down also tired. And he will wipe away perspiration. And he will look at the mountain and smile. And when this one says to him, how can you smile in calamity? Then he will say, this is not calamity. This is preparation for the future. He said, this is preparation for the future. He said, what future? He said, I am born to be a leader. For me to be a leader, my father needed me to learn how to lead. You cannot lead if you are a boss, you have to learn from the ground. He says, one day over that mountain, the messenger of my father is coming. And when he is going to call, I am going to go back to my land as a king. This is preparation for my future. I mentioned this previously when I said our future is the kings of the year after. To be the king of Jannah. But now I'm changing it. I'm saying perhaps our future is to be the kings of this world also. Who knows if our children are meant to be the people in the army of the Mehdi. The generals of different different groups. You look after that land, you look after that land, you look after that land. But for that child to be a leader in that army, perhaps Almighty Allah needed him to say, I need you to prepare for your future. Who knows if this calamity came to start that preparation. One is for our children to become who they have to become. Number two, Things are moving so fast to the future, so fast. That as though we, our ear is just waiting for the call to say the Mehdi has been sighted. So fast it's moving. Vision 2030 is no joke. 
It's a reality that's becoming more real every day. And before it, the world will see such unique things that the mind could never believe before is possible. What we saw is perhaps nothing of what we're still going to see. May Allah make it that it comes with afiyat. But the world is changing very fast. So if we're waiting to hear the call of the Mahdi, then I just want to take you into that. The Mahdi will make a call. He's been cited. One army will immediately go. All that got nothing really to do with me and you will be excited. But after the excitement dies down, then decisions will have to be made. That decision will be, do I remain living in a non-Muslim country? Because if I do want to stay where everything of mine is, I will then have to sacrifice my deen. While we say this country got freedom for all, in the era of the Mahdi, it will not have that freedom. And most likely just before the beginning of his era, it will be taken away to a great extent. When that day comes to uproot for a tree is not easy. To uproot for a plant is very easy. One whose roots have gone so deep, so deep into the ground says if I have to leave this land, I will not stand anywhere else. And another will say that I got my Bag in the back, it's been packed from long. He can tell his wife, tomorrow we're going. Tomorrow. She said, tomorrow. She said, I told you already, be ready. That while we want to enjoy, enjoy, but be ready to move tomorrow. When you will move on that day, you can think about, I'll take that gold sack and that silver sack and I'll take that income and that investment. Accounts will be blocked. And soldiers will be put up. And man as he's going, perhaps in the ending, will reach where he has to reach. And he says, I came with nothing but the clothes of men. Before that journey is made, a person will have to think, am I ready to sacrifice it all to get there? May Allah make it whoever is here, whoever is listening, whoever we know, whoever got iman makes that decision. But I can tell you it will not be an easy decision. Perhaps Almighty Allah understood that there are certain people who maybe they would never or their children or grandchildren would never make that decision if I had to leave them so deeply rooted in the ground. So I just pull out the roots. And then they will stand again. They are going to stand. But the next time they stand, their mind will be in two lands. That I'll do little but here, but I must be ready for the hijrat. So one is, look at that mountain. Don't call it a calamity, call it preparation for the future. You and your children, may Allah make it me and my progeny. We are created to be the leaders of the future. To be the king of the future, maybe my Allah wanted to say, you cannot live like a prince anymore. I need you to do some groundwork. Start learning what it is to be on the ground. To stand as security. 
To look at the needs of that person and that person, to feel hunger, to understand what it is when you don't have bread and milk. Because the time will come where they'll tell who's ready to send security. At that time, if you want to be there, you can't say, you know, I'm from South Africa. If there's an acorn, I'll be ready. If there's no acorn, it's too hot. And amazing, we might laugh, but what this last three days showed of so many towns is Almighty Allah, where Iman goes, the jazbah of sacrifice goes with it also. Where we would never have thought our children will have that ability of doing what miracles they did, they did it. They did it without any training, without any preparation, without knowing even one virtue. Imagine they had heard the virtue before. That individual who stands as God, one night he stands as God, it is more virtuous for him than the night of Laylatul Qadr. I mentioned on the Dastar Khan, I mentioned it today in one program, I was reading from one kitab as we were going. One, individ- one individual passed away in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Umar radiallahu anh said, Oh Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, do not make his janazah. He is a transgressor. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kept quiet, sat, he asked, that does anyone here know of any good action, any good action of this person? A sahabi radiallahu anh said, once when I stood God, he was with me. So I know that night he stood with me. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa stood up, he went for the janazah, he then took sand and himself threw it in the grave. In one narration the wording is, he turned and he said, that man who you felt is a jahannami, I give you guarantee he is in Jannah. Another narration, the wording comes, he says, Oh Umar, that one who sacrificed in the path of Allah, Jannah has become wajib on him. There was no fight that he made, he stood as security. He stood as security. But the scholars mention the one who stands as security, Almighty Allah takes a count of everyone who's behind him, meaning who he protected, Muslim and non-Muslim. And in lieu of every one of them, he's given a load of rewards. It is called qirat, one big load in lieu of one, one, one person. One night in security, one night that I that stayed awake that night, the fire of Jahannam is told, haram on him now. One night in security. It was an honor to stand. You people were blessed with that honor. Sometimes you might say you were gripped with fear. You say no, you were honored by Allah. That perhaps your child's Jannah was made already. The beginning of his future started. Who knows what the future is. So one is keep that mountain in front. Preparation for a future. Number two, don't ever let us become so rooted in the ground that for us to uproot or if we are ever uprooted will leave us stunned. I'll have to be that tree that if I get uprooted, I say, no problem, my roots will go settle somewhere else. And number three is this verse that I have in front of me which we will now try and explain. That what can we do now in the immediate 
When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam's da'wah started in Makkah Mukarramah, it carried on for about 10 years. But in the 10 years, whatever he wanted to happen, 13 years. But what he wanted, he could not get in Makkah Mukarramah. Amongst the Arabs, the issue of land was the only issue. Your tribe, your family, they'll always stand with you. This is your business, it's running for ages and ages. The thought of ever going to any other land was like, this is death. Because which other tribe will ever take me? Who will ever look after me? My business can only last in my land, it can't happen somewhere else. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from a very early time he began preparing the minds of Sahaba radiallahu anhum that be ready to move for your deen. Be ready to move for your deen. One move took place, it was called the Hijrat to Abyssinia. If you study Islamic history you will see that for that 13 years, it was called the years of persecution. The years of difficulty. It was called the years of being put in what was called the valley of Abu Talib, under siege. All of that difficulty made it easy for that group of Sahaba who lived in Makkah. As soon as they were told, are you ready to go to Africa, Abyssinia? They said, we want to go. Because we can't manage anymore. What made it easy? Difficulty. And the difficulty continued until the time came, you want to go to Medina, immediately they went. What made it easy? Difficulty. Let's reverse it. Had there been no difficulty, there would have been no hijrat. Had there been no hijrat, they would have remained worshipping Allah in Makkah Mukarramah, but never openly. They would have remained worshipping Allah in Makkah Mukarramah, but they would never have been conquering the world. They would never have been the beginning of the Islamic Khilafat. They would never have been the Adhan loudly. They have never have been the establishments. They would never have been the conquest of Makkah. For everything to happen, Umar radiallahu anh said, that our calendar started with the hijrat. But the hijrat started with difficulty. Had difficulty not come, the future would not have come. Had difficulty not come, the future would not have come. Allah's Nabi wasallam called and called and called and they said, get lost, get lost, get lost. And then he put his hopes in the city called Taif. He said, the people of Taif, I know those men, whoever asked them for anything they gave. So I will just go and ask them for something small, when they have given everyone, they won't give me. And he came to Taif and the complete opposite happened. It was called the year of imtihan, test, difficulty. Just before going to Taif, that's when he lost his uncle. That's when he lost Khadija radiallahu anha. He found the support of his life taken away. Now he would go to his house. There was no Khadija in the house radiallahu anha. She was a woman who was a protector. People felt scared to try to attack Allah's Nabi in her presence. 
She was no longer there. Now when he came to his door at night, that thorn would be so sharp it would go and protrude and hit his foot. In the pain of it, he put his hand front by the door. He found the door filled with dirt and filth. In the dark of the night, you're feeling dirt in your hands. Allah's Nabi was the cleanest of clean. Wiping that hand away, you enter into the house. That pot is there. You had left some food to be made. The enemy had got into the house. They write his worst enemies were his neighbors. They would just come into that and that inside of the camel. That was now in the pot. And that entire pot has to now be thrown out. Walking to the house was a calamity, difficulty. Opening the door was a difficulty. Finding food was a difficulty. Now he said, I cannot manage in Makkah, Mukarramah anymore. Taif. We all have heard about Taif. Taif was the calamity of calamities. And then when they pelted Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and when he sat, then he lifted up his hand and he made a dua. The dua is perhaps for the people who have been tested in Natal to learn this dua. He says, oh Allah, like what you have like written, like who have you put in charge of my matters? Is the enemy always going to be in charge of me? That as he wants to do, he can do. The wording is long. But the part I want you people to learn was this, which was the peak of this dua. The peak of this dua. He said, إِلَّمْ تَكُنْ سَاخِطًا فَلَا أُبَالِي غَيْرَ أَنَّ عَافِيَتَكَ أَوْسَعُ Allah, as long as I know you are not angry with me, then I will take it in its stride. Yes, I will continue asking you for security. As long as I know you're not angry with me, I'll take it. He said, the way the dua was made, the heavens opened. It was immediately after that taif that the next Hajj season came and Nabi Wasallam's first meeting with the people of Medina Munawwara took place. Calamity brought the hijrat. Difficulty brought the hijrat. And when the hijrat came, it was the beginning of a new era. So let us go now and mention that when that time will come and from there we'll take the lesson what to do now for us. When the time came that Medina Munawwara said we are ready to receive, Rasulullah wasallam made the announcement whoever can go, go. لِلْفُقَرَاءِ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِن دِيَارِهِمْ وَأَمْوَالِهِمْ They never leave their houses. Almighty Allah says they were pulled out of their houses. No one wanted to go. They were forced to go. They were forced to go. As soon as they reached Makkah Mukarramah's border, Almighty Allah declared that they are the muhajir who has become a faqir. You heard the word faqir. Faqir means the man who got nothing. Who became the faqir? The rich Abu Bakr became the faqir. 
They were wealthy businessmen of Makkah Mukarramah. When decisions were made, they were the bosses. When the Arabs would come to make the Hajj, they were the ones in charge. They made one step out of Makkah Mukarramah, they became faqir. Listen to this clearly, because many of those tested with poverty. One of the reasons of their depression is they say, I'm disgraced. How do I say to my family, your father can't feed you? Had a fall from wealth into poverty been a disgrace, then Almighty Allah would not have mentioned it as a title of honor for the muhajirin. Lil fuqara, forget muhajir which came second. Allah said, Lil fuqara il muhajirin. For those fuqara muhajirin, who were pulled out of their houses. That fakr which came after wealth is not a disgrace. It was given as an honor to the beloveds of Allah. Lil fuqara il muhajirin. And there might be a time again when the call of the Mahdi is made that many, not one or two, many, many, many might have to say, Oh my wife, my child, I'm moving. Are you coming with or not? If you want to stay in your wealth, stay, but I am going. And if I have to go as a fuqara muhajirin, then I'm mentioned in Quran. يَبْتَهُونَ فَضْلًا مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَرِضْوَانًا Searching for the kindness and happiness of Allah. Helping Allah and the Messenger of Allah. أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الصَّادِقُونَ Allah said, wah, wah, those are the truthful. Those are the truthful. So that error will come, but let this be that thought. Am I ready to pull out? And what we went through, there are those who did fall from a very high level of wealth into poverty. It is not a disgrace, it is also an honor. Allah's Nabi وسلم, reaching Medina Munawwara understood. He said, put some plan into action. Now what was that plan? That plan could have been this. That the Ansar line up in Medina Munawwara. And immediately they say, okay, let's have an organization. And we'll all pull our money together. And now we will say, okay, I'll help you. And then you come, you take a little, but you take a little. And perhaps it can work. But it is not as effective as the manner that Rasulullah put into place on that day. The people of Medina were ready for anything. Those who prepared the house. They were waiting for the people coming. They understood that these are not beggars coming, these are the guests of Allah coming. So they were thrilled about it. Allah's guest is coming. وَلَا يَجِدُونَ فِي صُدُورِهِمْ حَاجَةً مِمَّا أُوتُوا We will explain that verse just now and I explain one incident that happened. What I'm trying to say now is when Allah's Nabi وسلم reached there, He said, I want to make brotherhood. And I don't know whether or how it's going to work for the people of this country. But Allah inspires someone take it up. A family take it up. Groups take it up. The system of brotherhood was mentioned specially in Islamic history. What was this brotherhood? 
This Ansari was told that this Muhajir is now your brother. Finished. After this, we got nothing to do with the two of you. That Ansari would now go to the Muhajir and say, come and visit me. I will show you what I own. I will give you a share in this, I will give you a share in that. And the levels that they meant, I will give you one example, like one. But your heart has to be open, your heart has to be big. So you come to the Muhajir and you say, right, you are my brother now. And not a normal brother, you are a brother of Islam. So I adopt you. Come into my family. They went to the extreme where they said that your wife never came with you. So no problem, if you cannot find a wife, I will divorce my one. They went to the extremes. But what it is, he took him into his business. He said, see, I'm a farmer. The muhajir immediately said, but I'm not a farmer. He says, you don't worry about that day. You are now a business partner in my farm. So you just do some work and you will receive half profits. So he says, but I don't know how to work. He says, we'll teach you. What levels they went, they write in the books of history. The Ansari knew that the Muhajir is not a farmer. He would continue doing the work on the farm. And at the end of the season, he would say, My Muhajir brother, your work it seems gave good results. So he would say, I have already divided half this side and half that side. He would make one sack, the one heap, bigger than the other. In the bigger heap, he would put a lot of the things that had no value. And in the smaller heap, he would put the things of value. Because he knew that when he would say to the muhajir that you choose A or B, the muhajir will say that I hardly did anything, how can I choose A? So you say, okay, that heap is smaller, I'll choose B. But that heap had it all and this had nothing. So the muhajir will feel like, okay, I'm actually going out. They say, no, no, that one is mine. He said, no, no, you take this one. He said, no, I take that one. He said, okay, sure. Say, take that one. Besides him and his Allah, at that time no one was told what was happening. At that time no one was told what the Ansari was going through. But for him it was a thrill. That my brother is coming up. Rasulullah sallallahu loved this so much, so much that a time came where some wealth came. Some wealth came. So he called the Ansar and he said to them that this wealth has come and I now want to thank you for looking after my muhajirin. So from this wealth I will give you all and I will not give them. To thank you for what you have done. The Ansar said, Allah's Nabi, we will not take unless you give our muhajir what you give us. Highest levels, highest. Then there was a certain battle that took place against the Jews. The Jews at that time were the wealth of Medina. And now they were told to leave their forts. When that land was taken and those beautiful gardens... This is when this Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then called and he said to the Ansar that till now you were looking after the Muhajirin and may Allah reward all of you. 
Now that this lands have come, I will now give the muhajireen from this land. And they won't be for y'all, but after today you will no longer have to have them as a partner in your business. I will now relieve y'all of the difficulty y'all took upon yourself. And I will cut for my muhajirs this. This was that promise that Allah said we will give the muhajireen back everything. They got it all back. Within 10 years they got it back. Within 10 years they got it back. May Allah make His promise always comes within 10 years. May you people get it back. When the Ansar said, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you will indeed give them from that land so that finally they can become stable. But as for the second part, that we will now be relieved and they will no longer be a partner in our business, they said, no way. They will remain a partner with us. And you will give them from that land also. They went to the level where Allah Taala said, "Wala yajidun fi sudurihim hajatam mimma utu." One translation is, when they saw the muhajirin now receiving, 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 not one of them even felt in his heart that, "Ha, we gave so much and they getting more." Nothing in them. Wa yuthiruna ala anfusihim. They gave preference over their own selves. وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصًا Even if it had to happen, that they had to see their own families going into some hunger. They would say that, let him come up. وَمَنْ يُقَشُحَ نَفْسِهِ Allah says, the one who has been protected from the greed of the inside. فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ Ha! What success he has found. One is the sadiq, the one who became a faqir, but he said, Allah for you. What I am asking, a day will come, we are living in a non-Muslim land. A day will come where if we have to make a decision to go, perhaps on that day we will have to go as a faqir. On that day there will be other Muslims in the world perhaps who will be taking us in. How you do will be done. To those who have not been afflicted with the calamity. Let it not just be, hey, lucky I'm safe. If you cannot be of the fuqara'i muhajireen, then may Allah make us from the ansar. Open our houses. I am asking that one family, four brothers, five brothers, one family, adopt one family. So five brothers adopted one brother. Allah's Nabi said, Ta'amul Isnain, the food of two will easily suffice three. The food of that family which is enjoying it, you got your barfi and your mitai, which means you got money to buy it. So all we have to say now is instead of the end of the year when I have to buy that new BM, otherwise I have to pay tax. Say, I adopted this brother in my house. You are now my brother. And whether it's for 10 years or 15 years or maybe till I die, the other brothers were those that were born with me. You are the one that Allah sent as my guest. I'll take you in. And I will make you come up not as a favor to you, but as an honor for me to be amongst the Ansar. We always heard of the Ansar. We said, wah, wah, the Ansar. The people of this land today got the chance to be of the Ansar. 
Choose one and say, you mine, come. And whatever is coming in. One individual said once when he phoned me, he said, after my mother passed away, I realized where the duas were coming from. He said, after she passed away, only problems. Then I realized whose duas. So I said to him, that, that now that your mother passed away, you make sure you find another source of dua. So he said, what's that source of dua? I said, look for someone who's poor. And put so much by them every month, that when they go on the musalla, before they make dua for themselves, they're making dua for you. Because you got no mother's dua anymore. So get somebody else's dua. Take a family in. That is no disgrace for that family who has to go to an organization and then say, you know what, I still need, I still need. He will not have to go anymore. Be an Ansari who honors him like how the Ansar honored the Muhajir. He said, here's two sacks here, which one you want? He said, I want the smaller one. The smaller one got more. He said, you know, I made so much money this month. Here's your amount, my amount. Your amount is smaller, his amount is bigger. He thinks he took less, he's taking more. If you want to build your Jannah, now is the opportunity to build the biggest of Jannah. Become an Ansari today when you got the chance. Who knows if tomorrow all of us will be the Fuqarai Muhajirin. Somebody else might have to look after us tomorrow. But poverty is no disgrace and honoring someone who became poor is an honor that you can never get. وَالَّذِينَ جَاءُوا مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا اغْفِرْ لَنَا وَلِإِخْوَانِنَا الَّذِينَ سَبَقُونَا بِالْإِيمَانِ And Almighty Allah then spoke about them as the third group. They were not of the fuqara and they could not be of the ansar because everyone won't manage. They are those who are just... So they were told and the third group are those who make dua for the first They make dua. And dua is, you can call it, it's cheap, but dua is not cheap. Dua changes the world. So if you cannot be, or you were not from the fuqara, and you cannot be that ansari because you haven't got that ability, then nothing prevents the hand lifting up every day until the difficulty goes. And say, Allah, reward that one and reward that one. Reward the one who's in difficulty and give him back. Allah reward the one who is helping the one in difficulty. But if we can create the system of one family adopting, it was called by Chargi, a brotherhood that was created. It created so much of love, so much of love, that forget the muhajir benefiting from the Ansari. The books of Islamic history showed it was the Ansari benefiting from the muhajir. The reason is that Muhajir would come and visit his Ansari brother. And when he would come and visit him, he would teach him whatever he had learned in the company of Rasulullah in that 13 years of Makkah Mukarramah. That Ansari's Iman was built because of the Muhajir. Taking a family who knows that family could be your Jannah. That family could be that source of yours. One child in that family might becoming an alim. You might have always said, I wish I had one son who's an alim. Now you got a son. Now you got a daughter. Now you got a family of deen. You took them in. They're your family. 
adopt a family and with izzat and honor, the food of two will always suffice the third. The brother came to Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said, my brother, that was his real brother. He said, he sits in your company and I have to work. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْزَقُونَ وَتُنْصَرُونَ بِدُعَفَائِكُمْ That perhaps you don't know, help is coming to you, sustenance is coming to you because of the weak amongst you. Because of the poor amongst you, take someone in who's weak at the moment. It is not easy for one who had it all to go to somebody else. But for you to go to the individual and say, I know I can see the business fell. I am not only coming to say, may Allah make it easy. I am coming to say, I want to make it easy. But not that I am doing you a favor. But so that you will be doing me a favor if you come. How much I can do, I will help you to rise. And a day will come where everyone will stand on their feet again. But that honor of being able to help will perhaps not come again. Grab the honor when you can grab it. Finally, the one who is still in difficulty, I'll end on this last. This difficulty will last perhaps for five to six to seven years. It can go quicker in one year, it can wrap up and everything can start again. Or it can pull for about five years or six years. Then it will end. Life always starts again. But for this difficult period, the person who is in a difficulty, if only he can understand that the person in sabr, making patience, enjoys a place by Almighty Allah which nobody else got. إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ Ulama have written under this verse that the people of patience, so much of reward is coming to them, it cannot be written on calculation. So the angels don't give an amount to it, it is left between the individual and his Allah. In one narration, another explanation of this verse is, on the day of Tiyama, martyrs will be told, hold on the side. Then it will be said, where are the people who are afflicted? And it will be just told to them, you all already were afflicted, go, 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 no hisab for you. No reckoning, just go. Comes in the narration on that day, those who never saw difficulty will say, Allah, if we knew this is the reward of difficulty, then you could have, why not taken scissors and removed the skin from our bones? I would have gone through it if I knew this is difficulty. When you are in difficulty, and this is what I'm saying to all those, and everywhere I'm going, you are closer to the arsh of Allah than anyone around you. You don't need to go to Arafat to make your dua reach the arsh. You already Arafat. Your day is Arafat, your night is Arafat. As long as that heart is broken in the previous scriptures, that sentence was famous. When the individual said, Allah, where are you? The answer would come, Ana in the munkasiratil qulub. I am in the hearts of those whose hearts are broken. I'm by them. You don't have to go looking for Allah. Allah is by you. 
You don't have to say, Ya Allah, Allah is saying, Oh my servants, in the next one year or two years or in this month of difficulty, instead of wasting the tear and not watering any ground, because your voice is the closest to the arsh of Allah, make such du'as for yourself and your progeny which will build your future. Because you will never get this chance again to be so close. A person wrote to Hazrat Shah Hakim, Muhammad Akhtar Sahib, I'm in such a difficulty. His answer was this, he said, my brother, your difficulty will go. But the closeness that you have at the moment to Allah will not come back. Make the best of this closeness to make your future for the end. At night you want to cry, cry a tear that builds your garden. Don't just sit and sob and say it's all finished. Say at the moment I'm gone for hajj. When I'm in hajj, because I know I'm so close, even if that ihram is scratching my body, I say no problem. When I'm gone for hajj, even if I can't use that soap, I say no problem. Why? Because I say I'm close to Allah. I'm his guest. When I'm gone for hajj, I don't have my clothes that I normally wear. I say no problem. Why? Say I'm the guest. When I'm gone for hajj and now they tell me, Arafat, now I even left my house. Someone said, you're leaving your lovely Hilton Hotel. I say no problem because I'm going closer to Allah. They say, go to Muzdalifa. Now even that couch never came with me. Now I'm freezing in the cold. I say no problem. Why? He says, between me and my Allah, there's no barriers. That man who goes for hajj enjoys all the difficulty because he says, so close to Allah, I'll never get after this. You people who have gone through difficulty understand that you are in hajj. You are so close to Allah that enjoy your ihram. Enjoy the time when you look up and sometimes you just see the sky and you say, Allah, it is me and you. And there is nothing between us. And then just ask. And that asking will build your future in manners you can never understand. May Allah make what I have said penetrate my heart and penetrate your hearts. Difficulty is no punishment. Difficulty after it comes awards. Difficulty is no punishment. Difficulty after it comes awards. Difficulty lays the future, lays the foundation for a brilliant future. Look towards that future. Poverty is no disgrace. It was a title of honor. It was the shan of the Nabi of Allah who said, I want to be love poor and die poor. Allahumma ahyini miskina wa amitni miskina. He said, Allah poor I will love, Allah poor I will die. He said, Allah resurrect me with the poor people. Poverty was never a disgrace, it's difficult, but it was never a disgrace. Tests are not a disgrace and it all comes back again. Allah will give all back. May Allah tawarukala grant sabr, may Allah grant courage, may Allah bring happiness and smiles. In the one who the devil wants to see depression and anger and frustration, he lies back and he says, I hand my matters over to my Allah. And then he sleeps. I hand my matters over to my Allah. And then he sleeps.
May Allah tabarakallah bless all of us with afiyat, with izzat, with rahat, with salamati. When a test is written for any of us, may Allah make our test easy and may Allah let us never fail in our test. Allah keep us with iman, Allah take us with iman. Allah make us that when the time comes to make decisions, we always make the decision that makes Allah the happiest of happy, even if it is hard against our nafs. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى سَيِّدِ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَالْمُرْسَلِينَ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ أَوْ مُوسَى رَحِيمَ اللَّهُ أَوْ مُوسَى كَرِيمَ اللَّهُ أَوْ مُوسَى فَقِيْنَ اللَّهُ أَوْ مُوسَى كَيْنَ اللَّهُ اللَّهُ يُوَادَ رَبُّ الْفِيُمَانَةِ اللَّهُ يُوَادَ وَنْهُسِيَسْتُ Allah, you are the one who records every sorrow. Allah, those that have been afflicted, Allah, let them never be deprived of the reward of sabr. Allah, let them never be deprived of the reward of sabr. Allah, let them never be deprived of the reward of sabr. Allah, those that have been saved, Allah, those that have been saved, let them not be deprived of the reward of helping and aiding. Allah, let them not be deprived of the reward of helping and aiding. Allah let only good Allah let only good Allah let only good come out of this and Allah let every one of us see that good Allah grant us such a level of yaqeen in you Allah such a level of yaqeen in you inna nas'aluka yaqeenan sadiqa Allah we ask you for such a level of yaqeen and conviction in you that makes the greatest of difficulties and tests Allah become easy for every one of us Allah, let us never fall in depression. Allah, let us never lose hope in your compassion. Allah, let us never go away from you. Allah, let every trial bring us only closer to you. Allah, let every trial bring us only closer to you. Allah, let us never fail. Allah, let it be that with every trial we become stronger and stronger. Allah, in your kindness. Allah, make this the springing ground to the revolution of Islam. Allah, make this the springing ground to the revolution of Islam. Allah, let the blood of striving in your path become alive because of what condition has come. Allah, let the blood of standing in security for your pleasure come alive in the ummah again. Allah, let us and our youth, Allah, let us love and let us burn and let us die with this passion, with this passion, with this desire, with this fervent desire, Allah, to stand for you, to stand for your deen. To strive for you, to strive for your deen. Allah to be able to defend, Allah to be able to sacrifice, Allah to be able to lift up your flag of Islam. Allah make difficulties easy for us to accept. Allah make difficulties easy for us to accept. Allah let hijrat become easy for all of us. Allah let hijrat be easy for all of us. Allah let migrating for your pleasure be easy for all of us. Allah let us not be rooted so much in this world. That when the time comes to depart for your deen, Allah, it is impossible for us to leave. Allah, let our connection be with this world, the connection of a traveler who lies down under a tree, who makes some preparation for shade, understanding that I have to go tomorrow. Allah, our journey towards you is long. Allah, you make it easy. Oh Allah, the journey towards you is dangerous. Allah, you make it safe. Allah, when so many are falling into kufr and shirk, Allah in your kindness, Allah in your kindness, Allah in your kindness, do not allow fisk, do not allow evil, 
do not allow sin, do not allow any level of evil, any action which makes you angry, Allah to enter into any of our families. Allah make us and our progeny is yours. Allah make us and our progeny is yours. Allah protect our wealth from haram. Allah protect our wealth from haram. Protect our lives from haram. Allah do not make us treacherous and evil. Allah do not make us cheaters. Do not make us abusers. Do not make us liars. Allah with exams Allah make us more truthful. Allah with exams Allah make us more clean. Allah with exams Allah. Allah purify us like how rust is removed from iron. And then you get the gold, the best and the best. Allah let the exams that come upon us. Allah produce gold and diamonds in our people. Allah you are the Malik. Allah you are Rahim. Allah you are Kareem. Allah let no person who has fallen be left on the ground. Allah with your hand of mercy. Allah you lift up every one of them. Allah with your hand of mercy. Allah you lift up every one of them. Allah through dreams you grant them. Allah through dreams you grant them courage. Allah through good dreams you grant them courage. Allah through good dreams you grant them courage. Allah those that have gone through difficulty. Allah is a gift for them. Allah allow them to make ziyarat of your Nabi in their dreams. Allah allow them to make ziyarat of your Nabi in their dreams. Allah allow them to make ziyarat of your Nabi in your dreams. Allah allow them to hear from the tongue of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. O my beloved Ummati, make sabr, for verily the reward of patience is Jannah. Allah allow them in your dream to hear from the tongue of your Nabi. O my beloved Ummati, do not cry against Allah, rather cry to Allah. Ask Allah to forgive your sins and to reward you for whatever you have gone through. Allah through the tongue of your Nabi, Allah grant courage to the people of this Ummah. وصلى الله على النبي الأمي وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين